What's up, everybody? We back up in here. Hella Flagrant, the podcast. It's your main man, Flagrant DM. I got my man, Sean B. Flagrant, in the house. What's going on, brother? Oh, nothing much, man. What's going on with you? You know what it is. Another Flagrant Week of Sports, man. Um, you know, ready to get into these topics, ready to get into these stories. Um, we're about to kick it off with um, an interesting story, nonetheless. Um, uh, we have been... On this podcast, talking about the Reuben Foster situation uh, for several weeks, um, as some of you may or may not know, Reuben Foster was, um, you know, under investigation, had been arrested for some domestic violence charges. And uh, this past week, there was a major twist in that story. Uh, but you want to tell them what happened? Yeah, I'll get into it real quick. Um, real funny. Of course, we know that the domestic violence charge with Reuben Foster Came as a bit of surprise to everybody. Um, his girlfriend, as we now know as Alicia Ennis, um, before claimed that Reuben Foster had, I guess, punched her eight to ten times one night. Um, she, he also dragged her out of the house and forced, or I wouldn't say forced her, but didn't let her report the incident to the police. Came out again. She's talking about he threw her dog across the the room or something. I don't know. All kind of wild allegations, basically, about Reuben Foster and him doing ill stuff to her, pulling out weaponry and stuff like that. But this past week, actually, we found out once they had to go to court for the case, Alicia Ennis decided that she was just going to say that Reuben Foster didn't do anything. I mean... As crazy as it sounds, like you're going to sit there for, I don't know, about two or three months claiming that somebody has beat you up, forced you not to be able to talk to police about the situation. But now all of a sudden, last Thursday, she comes out and says, hey, he never did anything. Didn't do one thing to at me all. at all. And I think that's, it was it's ridiculous. But so the reports came out. I'm going to tell you what, what she actually said. She said that Reuben Foster never did anything. That the incident that, you know, she spoke about with the hitting her eight to 10 times actually came from a fight that happened in San Francisco. She said she was coming from getting her hair done in Oakland. Uh, she was driving towards Pier 39 and cut somebody off or somebody cut her off first. And then she cut somebody off else off after that to prove her point. And that for 15 minutes, they both parties got out of the car and started fighting. So that was her story why Ruben, or that Reuben Foster didn't commit the crimes that, he, that she allegedly said he did. Also, she said that her whole plot to do this was, you know, basically to get money. She called it a money scheme, which pretty much it sounds like from what, it, what she's saying on, in, in the courtroom was. She said she sold about $8,000 from him, um, two Rolexes. Uh, yeah, two Rolexes. Uh, and the whole situation was just... A plot for her to get money, get paid, and you know that was that. So I find it a little bit funny that it would come out now that all this would happen that she would just 
you know, put him put him through all this for three months, saying that he did all this this stuff to her, and then all of a sudden go in front of the judge, go in front of everybody publicly, and just say, "No, it never happened. Nothing. He did nothing to me. He's a good guy. I'm the one. I just lied. No problems." Well, so there, there's a few different angles to take on this story. Um, the first one is a if she really did put together this entire plot to try to get money out of him and, and to try to set this man up, that in and of itself is um, crazy, uh, hella crazy, and hella it's not. I, I yeah, definitely, but it, it is also not far fetched either because um, you know we we're old enough and we've been around you know enough of this great nation and and have have you know met people and have heard stories and have encountered people and we know that there are females out there that specifically plot on athletes now i'm not trying to degrade a whole class of women it's not what i'm doing here but i am saying that there are particular ones and you know that go out and do this kind of stuff and so if she really was trying to plot and, and, you know, all of this was made up, um, good for her for, for getting exposed for it and getting caught for it. Uh, but it is, it is funny that it comes out right around NFL draft, right before OTAs, right. You know, before we get into the, to the mix of who's going to be signed and who's going to remain on a team. Um, and so it always is going to beg the question, was there some coercion or was there some some convincing done to get her to try to change the story? I don't know. Um, but, you know, there's a few angles to look at this. Yeah, and for me, I think it can go one of two ways. This is what I think that possibly happened with her. I think that when Ruben Foster broke up with her, because I didn't explain this, after that night that she says that she got into the fight, she said she went home uh, and was told Ruben the story. Ruben didn't want to hear it. The next morning, he came to her while she was making breakfast and said, it's over with. I can't deal with this. Now, from that, in her head, this is how I think that she could have went about one or two ways. I think she probably saw this as the end. She probably knows enough about Ruben Foster to know that he probably was done with the situation. She probably been acting crazy. I'm not going to say because I don't know. But I felt like she thought, okay, I'm going to get some money from this dude. I'm not going to just let him walk away from me and, you know, basically leave me high and dry and not have anything going on. Because another part of the story was in 2011, she did that to somebody else, allegedly. Same thing. Allegedly. Allegedly try to take some money from somebody else. But there's no reports on it. So until she said it in court this past Thursday. I don't know if I believe that or not, but we'll go off of it and say she did it. Anyway, so in that sense, she probably thought, okay, I'm gonna get him some, I'm gonna try to get some money from him, knowing that, you know, the same thing kind of happened with Ezekiel Elliott earlier past or this last past year, and it's happened a few times with some other athletes. Situations where women claim a story and then, you know, maybe push comes to shove, things happen and 
Maybe they either get some hush money or something from it. Well, she went about it telling the police, saying that, you know, Ruben had hit her, all this alleged stuff about eight to 10 times, dragging her through, you know, by her hair outside, pulling guns on her. And once she told her, she probably sat there and thought, okay, maybe he's going to come to me and give me some hush money real quick. Something to close my mouth. Or, you know, even as a crazy situation, maybe she thought it'll get him, it'll bring him back. Maybe he'll be like, okay, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. Let me come back and, and, and be a part of your life. So she said she makes up this story or it does happen. And she tries to get some money from it. Well, two or three months go down the line. She realizes, damn, he's really fin to lose his career, everything he's worked for. And she sees that the, the right. it's not going to come that easily. It's not going to come like, okay, he's just going to pay me off and I can get out of this. Now it's to a point where it's going to go to court and somebody told her, hey, if you didn't do this, you can go to jail for this too. You get in trouble for this situation too. So I think she probably thought maybe it was best at this point to, I don't know, confess, say this, this is that about Ruben Foster to say that she, he never did it just so that, you know, she won't look as bad. She won't maybe have to go to jail or do anything possibly from it. And they can move on their lives. Basically, the plan just didn't work. She wasn't smart enough to put it through. And this is just, this is me playing a whole different side of it is, let's say somebody was trying to, quote unquote, make the plan work. The plan doesn't work if he don't have no money. So somebody could have stepped to her and said, hey, we need you to do this so that he can do that so that you can move on, if you feel what I'm saying. And I, I, I do think that could have been a very good possibility because, I mean, Ruben Foster going to jail for 11 years or whatever it was that they said that it could possibly happen, she's not going to get paid for that. Nothing's going right. to happen in that situation. I'm not saying that this was her only motive, but I mean, she came out and said her motive was to get paid and she's still in his Rolexes and, and his money and getting his routing numbers. Well, if he doesn't have any money, you can't do anything with that. You just now put your boyfriend, quote unquote, in jail for some amount of times and you're still broke. Right. So that could have been another situation. And also, I think that maybe... Maybe she did get some money. Maybe somebody help, help me help you. Exactly. Maybe <laughs> help some, me right. help you. Exactly. And maybe, maybe, I mean, I'm not saying it's coming from Ruben Foster. I'm not saying it's coming from the 49ers. I'm just saying that maybe somebody did say, Hey, look, we're not trying to do all this. Take the money, be quiet or not even be quiet. Just, you know, say what the situation was, give an excuse and let's, let's go on about our business because it's just funny that, the day before the soda, the quote unquote situation with Ruben Foster happens, she gets in a fight for 15 minutes outside of Pier 39. I don't, I don't believe that. I know they said they have video, but I mean, was that video strictly taken before that situation? Or did the situation actually happen with Ruben Foster before that video came out? I don't know. Right. You know, it could have been a stage situation. And we may never know now because if she recants it, there's likely, you know, no chance that they're going to further pursue any sort of investigation. So 
um we we may never actually find out what happened um yeah yeah that's kind of crazy yeah and, if and you the, think about the it. fact of the matter is she lied and we don't know when it was we don't know to what extent we don't know if it if it was before or if it was now she lied or which lie yeah. which lie is the lie exactly nobody knows what really happened obviously except for her and him because obviously they've she's gone back on her story a few times now it's gotten bigger with her him throwing the dog and all this other stuff and now it's just completely false so i mean at this situation i mean her reputation now is 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 torn to the ground i mean everybody looking at her as i mean the all-out gold digger that tried to tear him apart which she might could possibly be but they are taken away from what reuben foster could have been because a few episodes back on our show, we would tell him straight up, like, I mean, if 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 this was the situation, if he was doing this, he needed to go to jail. So at this point, I don't know who to believe because, I mean, frankly, what I feel is somebody needs to go to jail. Period, point blank. What it, I mean, I'm not trying to say that Ruben Foster should because I don't. If if this here is true, true, then it shouldn't be him. But the fact of the matter is, somebody lied, and and the severity of the lie is 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 extreme. You're ruining somebody's. You're ruining yep. somebody's name, whether it be yours or hers, or your yourself or his. But you, you, you ruin somebody's name for real. Yeah, um, and so these these stories, you know, as they you know continue to come out uh, from time to time, are they get a little bit more crazy and a little bit more interesting. But as you know, this one's going to be, you know, one to see if somebody follows up on it, whether it be the police, whether it be you know one of these investigative reporter types that, that dig deeper in to find out if there's more to it or if they just kind of let it go. But um, it's crazy all the way around. I mean, to think that, you know, here we were bashing this man for this activity and not and not necessarily bashing the man. I, I don't want to say that because I don't think that we bashed any particular person. We may disagree with an action or talk badly about a decision that somebody has made. I won't say we were bashing him. The situation was bad and it looked bad and it sounded bad. And what's even worse is that the man could have potentially went to jail for 11 years over something that now we may or may not know to be true. Exactly. And, 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 and now what we're also doing is we're going to have to question every situation and every situation moving forward has to be looked at in depth, in detail. Um, because you can't, you can't just say, oh, it was this or it was that because you don't know. You don't know. Right. And I think that's the NFL's job, too, because the NFL recently, of course, everything's been happening with domestic violence and the NFL's had to crack down on a lot of this stuff, is they're having the situation now to determine whether they should move forward immediately or they should wait. And the fact of the matter is, I think it's kind of up in the air because they don't know. Like, if you sit there and wait, being the NFL and something comes out where it was even more egregious than it really was, I mean, you've now let this man walk and do whatever he's had to do for a long time and be employed by your company. But then again, we don't want to sit there and react as, you know, most of us have about Reuben Foster. If the 49ers would have cut him, let him go, turns out that nothing happened, then what? They just lost their middle linebacker that, right. you know, could possibly be a Hall of Famer because some lady decided that it was, you know, important for her to lie just so she can get some money so it, it's a slip right and, and i don't I, again 
I, I want to make sure when I say the stuff that I say that I, I am speaking solely for myself. My views and opinions are my own and I am not degrading the entire, um, you know, female race when I say this. But um, there are women who understand the rules of the game and there are women who understand what the zero tolerance policy means. And it is not far fetched to think that a spiteful person would be able to capitalize off of that zero tolerance policy and really mess somebody up. It's not, you know, hard to believe that 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 could be a possibility. Again, not saying that all domestic violence cases shouldn't be taken seriously. They should not saying that the NFL shouldn't react, but react doesn't necessarily have to mean cut somebody. You know what I mean? Persecute them immediately. React may mean investigate immediately look into immediately but you you got to be able to tread lightly because you're holding somebody's potential future in your hands and now that you have this zero tolerance policy you could effectively help somebody get away with a lie and and i agree with that wholeheartedly because i also feel if you if you flash back to ray rice situation when I wouldn't say this all started because, I mean, domestic violence was going on for a long time, but when the most serious time that I can remember where it was brought to light, Ray Rice was with his, it was his fiance at the time, now it's his wife, and he did hit her in the elevator. It was an awful situation. I'm not going to sit here and say that it wasn't bad. The NFL reacted in that in the first, and they gave him two games, but until the video came out, Ray Rice hasn't seen a, a, a football field since. Uh, in that situation, right. I'm not going to sit here and say that that wasn't wrong for them to punish Ray Rice because it was. But now you have, if you're the NFL, you have to determine either the severity of how you go about dealing with these situations and act accordingly and have a standard rule, or you know, change your whole policy. Because I, I don't feel that in his situation. You know, Ray Rice is Ray Rice, who is married to his wife now, who said the situation had a lot to do with her on the same end of that situation. Now he can't play football, but yet and still, you know, in some situations, like I said, to yell it, I'm not condoning what he did. I'm not saying anything, but they gave him six games because he is an important player. They just kind of brushed over that and just said, OK, they didn't brush over it. But six games, considering somebody else who now is married to his actual wife, can't play football anymore. That's where I think the NFL needs to change its ways and, and figure out, okay, there's a standard of this. If we're going to sit there in a situation with Ruben Foster or anybody else going forward, we need hard evidence, A, before we react in a certain way. But if you do this, this is this. If you do that, this is this. You know what I'm saying? Like There should be some kind of a standard where if this is what we uh, – this is our punishment for hitting somebody or doing whatever the situation is, they need to stick to that. Because the Reuben Foster situation, everybody wanted him to go out and, and, and basically take him to jail or cut him off the team and serve jail time for this. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, but there have been cases where we've seen athletes do the same, if not worse, things to, to people, the women or anybody, and lesser action has been taken taken uh, taken in effect. And in this case, if Reuben Foster didn't do anything, now you would have basically kicked the man out of the league, either lost his job, his money possibly with the jail over something that he possibly did not do. And I think that's wrong because if you're letting other players get away 
with the stuff and just give him a slap on the wrist, taking a, a two game check away from him. I don't think that's fair. Right. Well, we'll you know again, we'll see how this plays out. Um, but uh, you know, overall, this is one of those situations where the the league is really going to have to take a look at his policy and and um, you know rethink how it addresses these situations moving forward. Because you know, again, I mean, you putting somebody's future on the line here, and and um. You got to have all the facts. Right. First. If you're going to do extensive background checks and and things of the situation on the players that committed this situation, do it against the the, the people that are committing it to, or that's allegedly committing committing the the act to. Because in that situation, like I said, if this if this holds up that Alicia Ennis did lie, I mean, she could have ruined somebody's life completely, and I don't think that's right. To the uh, basketball world, the uh, NBA playoffs. Obviously, we're you know knee deep into it. Finals are around the corner here, um, which means a lot of teams are in the off season and thinking about what moves they're going to be making for the off season. And um, some some news has come out about a couple of key guys uh, getting some or wanting some deals, um, and and you know kind of what they they want to do. DeMarcus Cousins down in New Orleans coming off the Achilles injury pretty much is alluding to the fact, I don't think he's come right out and said it, but he's alluding to the fact that he wants a max deal. Um, And with that, it seems like the Spurs are also offering Kawhi Leonard a max deal. Um, Two guys coming off an injury, definitely two different players, two different situations, but... um, you know, may, maybe some similar results here. Do do both of these players end up staying with the teams that they're on? Um, is a max deal enough to hold them? Um, and do do they get the max deal completed? Well, let me talk about Boogie Cousins first. Uh, Boogie, Cousins, Boogie Cousins actually did say that he wants max money. Uh, he says whoever is paying the most pretty much pales need to offer him the max. That's that's. Pretty well. Take it back. He didn't say that, but he liked the comment that somebody said about that on the Pelicans' Twitter account. So Boogie Cousins is all for getting his money, you know. And in the situation with the Pelicans, I don't know if that's the best move for them to do right now. They need to decide what direction they're going to go in. You know, we all know that they. Won a pretty convincing series against the Blazers. I thought they played exceptionally well. Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis showed why they are two of the best players in the league. Anthony Davis especially balled out. Um, got to the second round, got killed by the Warriors. It's not really a situation that no other team has dealt with, but um, they lost pretty handling, pretty handily for the one. The situation with them, though, I think that they did a lot without Boogie Cousins. They're Ball movement did, you know, was a lot better. They didn't have to worry about forcing the ball into him, the spacing, 
everything was was complete. Anthony Davis got to roam around, be kind of the offensive decent defensive catalyst to the you know in the inside in the paint with Boogie. He's a big, big, big load to deal with. Um, one of the best offensive big men there probably is in the game, but I also feel like there is a, I guess I wouldn't say a situational thing, but I, for him, you have to, you, you almost have to feed him the ball. You have to direct your offense around him because a, because of, you know, his offense and what he can bring, but be, but then also because of his attitude. I mean, he demands the ball all the time. And if he doesn't get the ball, he starts to whine, pout, get angry. I yeah. mean, he's a hell of a player, but I mean, you're forced to spoon feed him, you know, all the time. And I don't think that that's best for them. I think that New Orleans is, I think they're there in terms of, you know, being a good playoff team. I think that they maybe would have had a different look with the Warriors had Boogie Cousins been there. But I think defensively they wouldn't have been great because, as we know now, the big men aren't really featured as much. And to have two ball dominant big men on your team probably wouldn't be the best way or best thing going forward. I would rather possibly get a situation where I had a big man that, you know, kind of floats around on Anthony Davis and then they can kind of spread the field or spread the ball to the outside with shooters. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that, you know, uh, it was a good adjustment for Boogie Cousins to make the move down in New Orleans. I think Alvin Gentry was a good coach to kind of get into his head. He was having a lot of problems in Sacramento. Um, obviously wasn't responding well to coaching. So I think from a, a, you know, just a mental kind of overhaul, I think that was a good move for him. But long-term as a player, um, you know, and as a team, I, I just don't think, you know, New Orleans is, is the best fit for him right now. I think there are some other teams that could definitely use him if he's coming back at full strength. Uh, that is obviously another issue and, and something that has to be taken into consideration is a big man coming off an Achilles injury. I don't know if you're at full strength. And so me taking you onto my roster, um, whatever team it is, you know, I, I may not be ready to offer you the max deal. Um, and again, like you said, he, he himself didn't say it. He liked a comment of somebody else saying, in a, and I mean, shit, who wouldn't I, Somebody said they need to offer me a max deal right now. Yeah, I like yeah. that comment too. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, so, so I don't, I don't fault him for that. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, you, you're a big man coming off an Achilles injury. A max deal, in my opinion, is not, is not necessarily something that that is going to be the first thing in a team's mind. I think what they're going to be thinking is, what can you add to this team? I think New Orleans, like you said, they. They playing that stretch four, stretch five. Um, they they already have a big man that demands the basketball, and so looking around the league, it it, it may be you know a, a better fit for him to be somewhere else. Yeah. Um, Austin could use him. Uh, yeah, there's of course. a number no, of teams that I could mean, use him. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's not. I just feel like I mean the situation with the Pelicans. That's probably I mean, it's a good fit because him and Anthony Davis are very good friends. But their team plays fast. They're up and down. They run a lot. They, I think they were top three in fast break points this year. Stick with that method. I mean, Boogie Cousins is as great as an offensive talent as he is. Let's be clear. He couldn't jump over a piece of paper. 
if I put a piece of paper down on the floor, he wouldn't be able to jump over it. And that was before the injury. How can you have a man that literally cannot run, jump, or do anything other than bully ball, what he, which he does quite well, but can't run or jump before the injury? Now you're going to have an injury with him and his leg? No, I don't. That's not what I want to pay money for. I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, some teams can't use him because they can't. But you have one of the most athletic players in the game in Anthony Davis. Stick with that. He's young. He's youthful. You stick with that. I mean, you don't want to lose Jamarcus for nothing, but in this situation, I mean, he's been on a few different teams. Or not a few different teams. He's been on two different teams, but I mean, let him at this point, the big man is not really as as needed as some as some people are as previous years, I should say. Let him roam. I mean, if the big man wants to go get some money somewhere else, fine. I'm not saying I wouldn't offer him a little bit of money, but I mean, sometimes you got to make a business decision, and that I, I wouldn't do it personally. Yeah, I agree. Um, so um, the other player, I, obviously, I mentioned was Kawhi Leonard. Uh, again, also coming off of a of a serious injury. Um, you know, obviously, there was a, a an interesting situation with him towards the end of the season, where him and the organization were kind of battling back and forth about whether or not he should be allowed to play. Um, and now the Spurs have come out and offered him a max deal. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Kawhi I mean, honestly, with the max deal? I would give Kawhi whatever he wanted to. That's their franchise player. And I know the whole situation with the Spurs right now is a little rocky, especially because Kawhi basically doesn't trust their organization. He doesn't trust them to make the right decisions for you know for the his injury. Now, the other part about this is I have no idea what Kawhi injury really is. I mean, he he hurt it last year during the, the uh, playoffs with the Zaza intentional. I'm going to say intentional. I know Warriors fans are not going to like that. With the Zaza intentional injury that when he stepped on his foot, it was bullshit. But he hasn't really been right since. And I don't know what if it's from that exact injury or he messed it mess up some other part of his leg because you know they diagnosed him wrong and said he could play and then he got hurt again because that's what i think actually might have happened that he thought he was fine to play the doctors cleared him to play they told him you know because he only played nine games this year so what i figured maybe happened was right. it was some disconnect they told him that he was good he went out there he wasn't good he hurt, re-injured something and now he doesn't trust him i think at this point, the Spurs players need to understand that Kawhi is building his brand. He's a young guy. I mean, he's at a point right now where he's top five player in the NBA. If you're hurt, you're hurt. I need to make my money. I feel Kawhi all the all the way long or all day long right. because if I go out here and play and I injure myself, and that you know I'm on my supermax, you know about to get my supermax deal. Well, what happens if I get hurt and now I can't play anymore or slash, you know, I have a continued injuries like maybe Grant Hill did before or somebody like that. Livingston, I mean, look how long it took Livingston to come out of his situation. So you don't want to be in a situation where that lingers on forever and ever. So I think he was just trying to get healthy. Now, it's up to the Spurs, Popovich, and the rest of the players to mend that, that, that you know, that broken distrust i guess that they that that both have towards each other but if i was the spurs i would definitely try to resign him i would get rid of everybody else on that team but resign him because i'm gonna be honest with you the spurs are old as hell they need to go Manu ginobili is the only person on that team 
that's been on that team uh, that was on that team and I'm saying that because of Tony Parker but he's the only player that's been on that team for consistently that can still make plays and even him even he needs probably to think yep. about retiring at some point so the rest of them need to go they, they, they the system isn't really working they need to build a team around Kawhi but I don't know if that that's going to work I don't if Kawhi that'll be interesting to me because if Kawhi basically doesn't take this deal and he says, oh, I got to think about it because, you know, Kawhi still has a year left on his contract. So he doesn't have to actually take this deal. But if he if he turns it down or right. says that he's going to wait, it's over. He's not playing anymore. And it's up to the Spurs then to try to see if they can trade something to get the best deal for him. But if I was the Spurs, I would definitely try to push this because somebody's going to give him that money regardless. Yeah. Um yeah, definitely some definitely some other markets would 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 love to get a Kawhi. Your favorite team, the Phoenix Suns, would would the Phoenix Suns jump, jump at anyway. The Phoenix Suns need to pay every um, bit of dollars that they have. Go get money from somewhere else and pay everybody they can. They need to get every single person from every single team and put it together, and then maybe they'll <laughs> win a game. That's what they should do. I, I didn't even mean to mention Phoenix this week well, you, either. You I'm gonna let that slide so, too. Damn. Phoenix Suns, oh. go offer everybody <laughs> some money. Anybody that needs some money, go offer them some money. I'll play on your team for a little bit too. Marcus Cousins, Kawhi Leonard, and Sean Brown. Everybody, everybody Suns that can play for you guys, you need to bring them there to that team because you need hope. You need a prayer. <laughs> you need a prayer. <laughs> Oh, uh, 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 shit, I guess we'll end on that. Don't limit basketball. yourself, Phoenix. <laughs> Take every minute you can. <laughs> Don't sign the, the peanut vendor that's on the outside. He can play too. Don't limit yourself. Everybody can play for your team. Okay, so some other uh, interesting news coming out this week um, in the sports world, uh, coming from college sports, uh, University of Kansas, um, the Jayhawks, they have fired their athletic director, Shehan Zinger. Um, Zinger, who actually uh, just recently received uh, an extension, a four-year extension on his contract with uh, the Kansas Jayhawks as their athletic director um, is now being fired because uh, I guess the committee overseeing some of the investigations into Kansas's uh, dealings with athletes, um, dealing with uh, different cases, uh, some some dealing with paying athletes, and some cases just uh, dealing with uh, the handling of the treatment of athletes. Um, basically, they're saying that he's been elusive and hasn't really been cooperative with a lot of the investigations. And so, um, you know, the university went ahead and fired him. Um, and, um, you know, it doesn't say too, too much other than, you know, they, they just felt like he wasn't, you know, being a, 
helpful with these investigations. So to me, you know, what it sounds like is that, you know, he either knows more than he's willing to say or uh, wants to kind of play the the blind eye game as long as he possibly can and act like he wasn't involved in any of this stuff um, going on at Kansas. And, um, you know, this was this was his exit from that. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't I don't know what to say about it. I, I, to be that high up on the totem pole, to have this many different stories come out about your your athletic department in the tenure that that you were athletic director, um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to be naive enough to say that you didn't know about some of this stuff. Um, I, I'm going to come right out and say I feel like you knew about a lot of this stuff, and um, that's why you're being elusive as these stories report and uncooperative with the investigations. I believe everybody that, you know, was in this case, everybody that all the organizations, I should say, the college organizations that, you know, were targeted in dealing with the situation, I think they all knew to some extent what happened. Um, If you're an athletic director, you know everything that pretty much goes into your college organization, college program. You might not know the the who and the what, but you know how what you need to do to get what you need to get. Meaning, right. if let's say it was a Kansas player, let's say Ben McLemore when he was playing there, you might not know who Ben McLemore is. You might not know why he needs to be there, but you know you have to get Ben McLemore there. If they say that we the way to get him there is because we need to maybe get X amount of dollars, or we need to send this to somebody. It's your job to get it to get them whatever they ask you for. I'm not saying that you knew the extent to why you were doing it, but you knew what you were doing. You're a college program. You you're an athletic director. You know everything that goes on in that organization to a point where you know things have to pass through you. The coaches make their decisions. The you know, but. It comes through you. You have to. You're the one that has to get players admitted into school. You're the ones that has to deal with the 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 offices and and you know the pro or not the programs, but like like the the academic side, I guess, of the situation. So you have to get everybody into school. If the, you have a player that maybe it's not there academically, it's your job to figure out a way to get him there academically. That's just what athletic director does he has the power to basically bring somebody in and do what they need you know get the situation together so i'm not going to sit here and say he doesn't know either i agree with you 100 percent um he knew what he was doing to it to to a certain extent he knew that what he was doing was wrong i could say that that's as far as I, i know i don't know how to what extent he knew but he knew what the program was doing was wrong and that's the whole thing so yeah, I think that, you know, his situation where Kansas decided that they were going to part ways with him uh, makes it, I think it's a good decision. Um, but I think you were telling me earlier that they got to pay him though, right? Yeah, they still have to pay him. So part of his contract extension that he just got last year um, was an increase in salary. And so according to the reports that I'm reading, uh, Kansas is still going to have to pay this man roughly $1.4 million for firing him, um, oh. which is not a bad way to leave out um, being fired. And if they don't have to vacate any of their wins, it'll stand that, you know, Kansas won the Big 12 
seven straight years. That's each year that he was uh, athletic director, making two Final Fours and four Elite Eights. So, um, you yeah, know, he, it's not a bad record to have. No, no, not at all. Definitely not. Definitely not. And he, they, they won those situations. I'm not saying because they did anything wrong or they cheated, but they got the players that they wanted. And yep. if you were there for that long, you know how the game works. You had to get the players that you needed to get. You had to do what you had to do. Like I said before, I'm not saying he did anything or he knew what he was doing was wrong, but you knew what players were, were there and you knew how to get them. That's all I can say. I'm not saying that because it could be a situation where they didn't do anything wrong, but if there was, you knew about it because you had you were the one that had to get the players in there. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, jumping around the league here, a couple other, um, you know, little stories that popped up. Uh, Matt Patricia that we reported on last week on the podcast. Apparently, the NFL is not going to take any action. Uh, there'll be no penalty against Matt Patricia, um, you know, for his sexual assault case. Yeah. And I kind of figured it wouldn't be... Um they wouldn't get too much in the details. 22 years ago, they never was. The case was dropped. Um, it's not the same thing as we were talking about with Ruben Foster and his situation because we don't really know exactly to the extent of what happened. We don't know what Matt Patricia either, but that was 22 years ago before he was even in the NFL. So I don't feel like at this point they should go further with it if the legal system didn't because he wasn't employed then. So that doesn't have anything to do with the situation are their situation of him hiring as a good coach. So I think that it's fine that the NFL is not doing anything with that because, yeah, he wasn't there. So it's not their business. Also coming out this past weekend was the running of the Preakness. Um, yeah, so basically the second leg of the Triple Crown, like we reported before, um, when they had the Kentucky Derby. Justify who won that, the horse that ran. And that one ran at Pimlico this weekend. Uh, it's in Baltimore. Same same horses pretty much were in there. Justify, um, Good Magic, who I bet on again to win. It did not win. Um, was in there. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a good showing. Except for I did hit the pick six. Um, the only... Bad part about the pick six was the rainbow pick six. So everybody that bet on that just pretty much got a cut of the money, which was a very low cut considering I wanted to have millions of dollars, just like the previous winner that we talked about in the last show or two shows ago, I should say. Um, when she won, she won 1.2. I didn't get anywhere close to that. I got $41. So it wasn't the same kind of effect as that, but money is money. Uh, Justify, though, won again. So if he wins on June 9th, uh, the Belmont Stakes, he will be the triple crown runner. And they've only been so many. I think it's only been like, what, two, five? It's less than five. I'm sorry, but it's less than five. I mean, um, but yeah, he will be the next installment of winners for that. So, I mean, let's. Hopefully, I wouldn't say hopefully because he it's no odds when you bet on them. When you bet on the favorites like that, you don't get any money. So, I mean, I'll put it on there, but I ain't gonna get no money. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, uh, if he wins this next one on June 9th, then he will be the next Triple Crown winner. Bob Baffert is his trainer. Mike Smith is the jockey, and they have had very good history of winning. So I wouldn't be surprised if he wins again. American Pharaoh was the other one. That was the last one. That's right. American Pharaoh was a killer. That was a great horse. But so that was that was this past week. And like I said, June 9th, it'll be the Belmont Stakes, and it'll be the end of the Triple Crown. And we'll see if Justify can pull through on that one. But I wouldn't. I would bet on it. Yeah, I bet on it. He's like, I want any money. So don't try to do a trip trifecta. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I mean, it's, it's you bet on it, you ain't gonna get no money back. So it's just like betting on the Warriors. Like, what's the point? So, you know, if you're gonna do it, parlay with some other stuff, uh, trifecta, superfecta, hopefully pick the horses that follow it. Hopefully a long shot comes in there. That's the only way you're gonna get any money because, I mean, the, this horse is too good. They, they call it the LeBron James of horses. So, yeah. I'm serious. It ain't going. Yeah, they, they, this horse ain't losing. He 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 won. He won by like a mile on Saturday. So there's no. He's not gonna lose. I can say that. Uh, that's if you want to lock to bet on something. Justify is gonna win the Triple Crown July 9th. I mean June 9th. I'm sorry. You like I said. You just gotta get that money. For it. Well, Mike. See about putting some sort of a bet in. We'll see. So I guess that wraps up this week. Another flagrant week of sports. Hashtag hella flagrant the podcast. You know, we'll be right back here next week for you. Make sure everybody enjoyed it. Memorial Day holiday as you listen to this. Uh, get wherever you're going to get safe. Have your barbecues. Uh, make sure you kick it. Yeah, stay safe, man. I mean, drink all you want to. Whatever, if you're going to go out on vacation, do a big. Have fun. We'll have more and more stories for you coming up. Make sure you go to www.theflagrantfoul.com to read and to listen to the podcast and read all of our stories that we write. Um, you want some new merchandise for the holiday weekend? Go to www.hellaflagrant.com. Um, get your Hella Flagrant shirts, you know, everything we got on there. Tune in to the podcast every week, man. We got this for you iTunes, SoundCloud, Google, everything, man. Subscribe, like, follow all of our stuff. You know, Flagrant DM and me, Sean.B.Flagrant on Instagram and also on Twitter. So, you know, stay tuned. Like I said, we got more and more stuff every week. We trying to get bigger and bigger and expand more. So keep following us. We appreciate y'all listening to us. And we're going to be out for this Memorial Day weekend to have some fun, man. Yeah, that's it. Memorial Day weekend. We having fun getting it in. Hella Flagrant, the podcast. Follow us. Hella Flagrant, uh, at the Flagrant Foul, at Flagrant DM, at Sean.B.Flagrant, at Flagrant Fans. If it's a Flagrant, just follow yeah. it. <laughs> for real. Anything with the Flagrant. I mean, look for our logo, though, but, I mean, you know, there's there's, there's people in posing trying to, you know, be imposters, but, yeah, look for the official logos and stuff like that, man. I mean, we're here for you. So, 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 well, we out there, y'all. I mean, it's